Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Table Talks with Burr. Today we have Mixer, aka the Dual. <laughs> and the topic of today is embracing identity. Mm-hmm. How do you identify? So I don't take on any specific um gender role. I'm gender not conforming. So yeah. Explain it a little for those who wouldn't know. So for gender non-conforming, it means like you I don't necessarily fit in any particular gender role. Like I am a male. However, like all my life, like people have literally been like, oh girl, this or girl that or your voice sounds like a girl or you look like a girl. Or like even when I had like just curly short hair, people felt like I looked like a girl. Mm-hmm. So it's just like sometimes I just wanna be that girl that y'all talked about. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what, this girl thing is too much. I'm gonna be a boy today. So Yes, gender non-conforming. I, I, I wouldn't say choose, but I feel like different gender. Mm-hmm. I feel like different genders at different times. And how many genders do you think there are? How many genders? Well, I know it's more than male and female because, like, doing the research and stuff, I know it's more than male and female apparently. But what's the research? Mm-hmm. Hmm? What's the research in terms of you people that? Don't even I like that they have other genders other than just male and female. You have people that um I can't remember what it's specifically, but you have people identify like there's so many, even now when we come down to pronouns, there's so many weird pronouns out there that you would just think is he, her, and then they and them. But no, like you have way more pronouns than that. And it's so interesting. Like, even as I'm just gonna say it, like because a lot of people in the community get upset with me because they'd be like, oh well. You should be accepting of all pronouns, or you should know all these pronouns. Sometimes I just feel like we just take it a little bit too far. And I feel like with some of these pronouns, some of these genders, it's just like, girl, you're doing a little bit too much right now. Like, just it's just too much. Let's, let's, let's bring it down just a notch. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't stop people from expressing yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's if they want to, if they want to be, like, I'm at the point where if you want to identify as a tree, <laughs> you could be a tree. You could be a tree with no roots for me. You could be a non-fixated tree. That's what you want to be, and that makes you happy. Go ahead. Be the best tree that you could be. Make sure you supply as much oxygen as the world needs. You understand? Like, girl, to I you. That. I felt that for real, for real. Yeah. So, after talking about you, we don't want to get too much in the mix up. How mm-hmm. does it feel to live in a lion? Like, I know you didn't mean to be in it, but it's like, everywhere you go, I was just scrolling through Facebook, and that post from when you went to Eyewitness News, and the mm-hmm. and then even carnival. So how's it living with all this fame? I should say. So at first, because you remember when we was in high school, the little mm-hmm. video to come up with me kissing that man or whatever. Yeah. And so I used to hate it. Like back then, it was like very annoying to me. Like everything I do was like always on the microscope. Someone always got a post about me, and it it used to make me feel very uncomfortable like it's just like can i actually be myself wait wait i'm pretty sure you wasn't the only person so like why they pick you i don't know i i've never understood why it's me i guess it's because they feel like they'll get like a a larger response maybe because i felt like that's what the um prophet was kind of looking for i felt like she felt that because she posted me she was going to get this large outpouring response especially because the show from eyewitness was happening at the same time so i feel like she was trying to connect the dots because even if you look at um the on um beyond the headlines with Shanique, her sound bites 
get a lot especially with lgbt people get a lot a lot of views right and that's why i feel like she kept the conversation with lgbti people going on so far because it got a lot of um a lot of views and i feel like she was just trying to tie the two in so she's trying to make sure that okay well she knows this show wearing tonight let me get this so they could start bashing him but oh. little that she knows that as much people that just like me a lot of people respect me at the same time because i've never hidden who i was i always tried to be myself and you know, if you didn't like it or if you weren't someone that um agrees with my lifestyle, then I just stayed away from you. Yeah. So I could tell what she was trying to get, but for every time they post me now, I feel like I like it more now because it's people actually coming and defending me. And I don't I'm not the only person defending myself at this point. But before, oh my God, I hated it. But I look at it from this point. Like a lot of people, like a lot of mistakes and stuff that I made or like things like this, like a lot of young kids growing up in the community or coming out actually get to learn from some of these things or like learn from some of the mistakes and that's why i started going live i don't know if you ever caught one of my tiktok lives but i go live in tiktok and i talk about like a lot of things that happens like different relationships my dear relationships like everything that's happened like mm -hmm. that's why in my life i talk about the different mistakes that i made dating in high school navigating high school being gay like i talked about i talk about all of it so that someone else could like learn from my mistakes and because being being gay, I never had someone to like ask a question. I never had no book to show me like mm -hmm. how to do this or how to do that. So everything I had to learn by myself. And along the way, I had to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, but I learned from those mistakes. And yeah. now I get to I get to talk about my mistakes so other people don't make the same mistakes that I did. Oh, wow. I didn't know you was going live on TikTok. Just give us a little mm -hmm. story. Let me hear a little, <laughs> a little snippet. You said give you a little story? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just was talking about this. So there was this particular guy and everybody wanted him in high school. Like he used to play soccer and whatever. Like, I mean, everybody was just, he was that boy. Mm -hmm. And so I had a crush on him and as well. And so I joined, I went to go and try out for the soccer team. So while I was trying out for the soccer team, mm -hmm. whatever, like, you know, he was giving us a little interest or whatever. We started to bond. He had me on Snapchat. And you know, when they don't ask you on Snapchat, you already know where you think the mm -hmm. to go. So as in my eyes, he's my man, my man, my man, like girl, I ready, like girl, like you ain't even gotta tell me ready to steal a steal. Mm -hmm. So here it is. We was talking after one practice, and he was just like, no, yeah. And he was just like, boy, he wants a pretty light skin. And in my head, I it's a pretty light skin. So I feel like, okay, you want me, you want me. And like we don't realize how delusional we are in high school, but baby, we was delusional. Cause listening back and thinking about these things. So just me thinking this man obsessed with me, what me, you understand? Every time mm -hmm. he posts, no. every time he posts about them like seeing people on his Snapchat, he was talking about me. Till one day, y'all know this nigga messaged me. And he was just like, um, if he can't talk to the pretty light skin, I was like, Yeah, you could talk to the pretty light skin. I right here. And he was like, No, your best friend. Oh, he's um the Snapchat gods could have swallowed fucking me. You understand? Could have swallowed me. But y'all know who we finished trying over soccer that year. I don't even, I, I don't, I never see you play a sport in my life. So I try to figure out how you thought you was going to get on the soccer team. It's like it's just a man. And I'm thinking, like, you know, someone is not being too far off, you know? <laughs> Once I stay in that court, make sure the balls will get past me. Yeah, good. But yeah, mm -mm. That would have hurt on my soul. Mm -hmm. It did. It did. That was my first heartbreak. 
even though he was never my man, but in my head, he was my man. It's still the same thing. Trust me, I understand. Yeah. But, but it's gotten better. You said what? I say it's gotten better. Like, it's really gotten better. That's good, because you probably don't even have to be delusional more. They just Definitely. lie at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Oh, shoots. <laughs> I can understand that, though. I can understand. So, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, how do you deal with the constant judgment in life? So, it was a lot. Like, first, with, like, you know, when I first accepted my sexuality, it was a lot more back then than it is now. I can actually say that for sure the time is changing, especially in our country. Time has definitely changed. It used to be almost taboo when I was mm-hmm. in school to be gay, and now it's just like people are just so much more accepting. Like, I don't get pushback like I used to when I was in school. But the minute I came out of school and, you know, I just started to, like, you know, be myself. I realized I don't get pushed back, not even from straight males. Like, it's just the only time you ever get pushed back, it'll always be that one undesirable man. Like, nigga, the girls don't even want to talk to you. Like, you can't even get a conversation on a girl. Why you think I would base my breath on you? Like, if you was on fire, I wouldn't even spit on you. It's always them. They're the ones to, like, run on or have someone something to say. Like, if you miss and go to a party and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I have not experienced, um, homophobia as bad as what it was back in like let's say 2015 2016 like we have really did a complete 180 um now i do see compassion people and stuff online and then you have to, like the guys would be like oh if i ever see one them i run past one of them mm-hmm. oh this and this gonna happen then you go to see them in person and not a fuck like you understand like girl rubbish <laughs> <laughs> like y'all just be beating up your thumbs for nothing i realize that now, too. I, will, huh? I say i realized a little bit about that too yeah what i will say is though um i have become a little bit more conscious of who i allow into my space though even like my social media spaces and stuff now because i'm a person i'm tolerant of all views like i'm like okay you know if you're super religious and whatever like you know i try to keep my distance i don't like you know i don't um oppose and you impose and stuff on you but like here it is some people feel the need to like share certain not share certain things but they always have to comment or say something like mm-hmm. i'll see with my friend on facebook but you feel like every time you have to leave a comment or you have to do this or you have to say get right with god and stuff like that like no you got to go because see back then i used to let you stay on my page because so far as i concerned like you know be so cool but now i just realizing like you just being toxic at this point because who says that I don't have a relationship with God? Who says that um because we're gay, we don't have relationships with God or we don't, like, you know, it's just like, you sleeping with a married man, do you not have a relationship with God? Your plan B is your best friend. Like, but you out here judging me. But it's only all ladies, though. It's be some men. Stop coming for the ladies. Oh, no, I'm not just coming for the ladies because my whole thing is just, like, the niggas know what they be doing. They know, but it's normally not the niggas that be... Well, in my, from my perspective mm-hmm. on what I'm talking about, like, I've never had males be downright disrespectful. Maybe because I dress, maybe because I dress in drag and stuff, and I, I have my hair and my makeup on and stuff like that. I feel like that's probably why I'm going to be targeted more by females, mm-hmm. but males don't target me. 
Oh, wow. It's normally the females. It's literally been like every little thing that I've had is normally been the females. Or like they do this cute, they do this thing that they think is cute. Like, which isn't cute at all. Like, everybody already knows. But you feel like you have to make it known extra because then you go and you share my picture and you be like, oh, he looks so nice. Like, what you mean? But yeah, like, what you even mean? Like, what you mean? You understand? They can't just say you look nice. Huh? They can't just say you look nice. Yeah, you could just say they look nice. You could say they, they look nice, or she look nice. But how you get the heat? Oh. Like you, it's the, it's almost like you want people to know. Like you, you just want to like broadcast that. Like you know, cause like what you even mean? What you mean? I feel you though. I think I understand what you're getting at. It's just like you watch them do it all the time. Like, and then I feel like that's why also why I don't have girls as a lot of girls as friends. Because, you know, most gay people have like a, a bunch of girls that they have as friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to be nobody's accessory. Mm. I'm just not willing. I'm not in the headspace to be in someone's accessory. Like, even from school time, it was never nobody's accessory. So, why do you think I could be somebody's accessory now? You know? Really? At this time, you want to stay more out of the way at this age? Yeah. Yeah, I stay in my own lane job. And you said there would be a lot of females hating, right? So what about the support? Mm-hmm. Do you get a lot of female support too? Or people in general? Yes, I get a lot of support. And that's male, on the mere fact of me being um, me. Like me just being real and open about my life. I feel like that's why. Um, and I get, I, I, I wouldn't say it's just support from them because you have some um, straight males that be like, you know what, like... I respect you for what you're doing because, like, you know, I ain't got to be able to hear a question or wondering what you is and stuff. And like I say, mm-hmm. I've never been one of the people like to just come on to a straight person because, like, I could care less. Like, you know, the inbox, the inbox be inboxed. So it ain't really, <laughs> like, a need for me to come out of my inbox to go look for nobody, you know, whatever. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I feel like the support is there. The support is there. Um, yeah, the support is definitely there. You do get some weird, I mean, you do get some questions first sometimes because some people don't understand, like, like how I identify or understand what I want to do. Like, most people just feel like I'm transitioning or I'm in the process of a transition or I've already transitioned. So those are the questions you can answer. But either way, after you don't answer questions, everybody supports you. So they just support the fact that you live in your life. And I kind of like that. And you said that the inboxes be inboxing. Yeah, the inbox be inboxing. Like, okay, so it's interesting because when I talked about, I gave you a little story time earlier. Mm-hmm. But in school, when I first, when I first like started to like own me, my sexuality was just like, okay, the first thing I have to do is find myself a boyfriend because I want a boyfriend, and I was like all about trying to find me a boyfriend. And like you know, I went through a lot of experimenting. I was, I was a lot of people's experiments, you know, because they was experimenting on me and me thinking that something coming out of these experiments, you understand, mm-hmm. and then you know, realizing that these people just want to experiment they don't want no boyfriend like you understand yeah um they just you know playing around and messing around stuff like that so whereas now and it's just like now the inboxes are full to capacity like all inboxes are full to capacity to where 
I don't have to be looking for nothing. Anything I want to find is right there in my inbox. And the funny thing is, now I feel like I'm at a place where I'm so unbothered, whereas I don't even, like, answer half of these messages. Like, you'll, you'll be so surprised that people that would message you, like, after they don't do you bad or treat you bad or, like, even, like, people from high school, like, that would, to like treat you a certain way now they in your inbox like years later and I guess be like girl like you're serious you know, serious I was Is just thinking about that the other day like people would bully you in high school and then come back and try to be your friend like how you how you feel about that it's, it's so interesting. But some people don't change. I'm going to say that first because mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Like, ever since I started doing my TikTok lives, is this particular clip that I did not, like, that did not treat me well in high school in my grade. And it's so interesting that they, like, always come. They don't follow me. They don't like none of my content. But they stalk my page. It's like, and they're one after the other. I literally screenshot it because it's just so funny because they all come one after the other, like, that whole clip. Because I saw probably one person sending their WhatsApp group or their live message group, and then everybody comes to watch whatever. You don't like, you don't follow, but you hail. And so that I realized some people never change, and mm-hmm. then it's the ones that change or acknowledge. Like, I've had people that acknowledge, like, things they've done to me and apologized um, on the late, on the latter part, and be like, oh, well, I noticed I treated you like this, or it's such and such, and um, I want to apologize for it. That's then you have so those sweet. people that act like nothing ever happens and they just want to be your friend. <laughs> and I'm at the place where I'm not okay with being friends with anyone that probably was in my grade in high school. Like, I'm not in that space of us being friends. Mm-hmm. Like, people that were in higher grades than me, sure. People in lower grades, sure. Because they never, like, they never really did me anything. But sure. <laughs> like, no. Don't try to be my friend now. I feel like with all these people trying to be your friend, like, how do you know if they're trying to be genuine or not? Well, for the first thing, I don't have friends. Besides, like, I have a friend group, and mm-hmm. that's literally, like, a chosen, like, in the gay community, we cho- we, we chose, like, a family. It's called, like, a chosen family, okay. right? And it was me and a few people around my age group um, about seven years ago, because we're going on eight years of friendship this year. We decided to, you know, be a family. So I call them brothers and sisters, and now we have gay children and gay grandchildren and stuff like that like that we actually looking out for like so mistakes that we made they don't make those same mistakes and stuff like that but like they more of the only people that i talk to i don't really talk to nobody outside the group mm-hmm. i don't have no new friends i don't want no new friends it's just because i'm not interested in navigating anymore i'm i'm in the space where i'm not trying to see what makes you tick i'm not trying to go through all your different mood swings and stuff anymore like i already know how these people are i know how they are for years i accepted them for things i did not like and for things i like you understand i take mm-hmm. the good with the bad but these are people that they're more than just friends they're more a family and what about your own family do they support i know from what i can remember they were but do you still like yeah mm-hmm very supportive me and me are like the bestest of friends i love me down like my family never really at the beginning i would say how they found out was bad so it was like a little rough in the beginning but like now we are such in a good place like it's a really good place now and that's why i always tell kids like when you go on through stuff with your family when your family finds out or you sit down and tell your family and especially your parents like your mommy or your daddy at some point they're gonna come around you just have to have patience and give them time because, like, this is something that they were not used to mm-hmm. or probably wasn't prevalent in their era or their time. And then we have to also remember that parents have, like, um, goals for us. Like, they have, they have their, already, their preconceived 
thoughts on where our life is going to go and what they want our life to be, you know, and they push so hard, hence why they give us the best education, hence why they make sure that they push us into certain directions because they want the results that they want. Mm-hmm. So, and then sometimes when they feel like, they feel like the minute you come out of skate, they, they can't get those results, so they can't get what they want. So, you know, you kind of put a spook in their wheels, so they're going to act a little stupid for a little while, but they can come around. They can come around. So how was it you, like, finding your path after high school and, like, after all this? So that was so interesting because in my path in high school, I never thought that I would be, like, that's like politics. I never thought I'd be interested in politics. I never knew I was a good speaker because these are things that I didn't get a chance to do in high school. I didn't get a chance to join the debates team. I didn't get a chance to do mm-hmm. speech competitions. I didn't get a chance to, like, there was a lot of things I did not get a chance to do. Was it because of who you are or you just didn't, wasn't interested at the time? I wasn't, well, one, I wasn't cool with the people that was in these clubs or oh. doing these things because... Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I wasn't the most liked in my grade because of my sexuality, because I wanted to be open, because like, you know, so it's basically like I'm this openly gay person in this Christian school <laughs> and, you know, down to the push-ups, but inside my in, my in my grade, like, you know, so it's a lot of weird things going on. Like I said, that, that year of me coming out was hell. Like that was literally hell. Um... So I didn't get a lot of opportunities. And then, you know, I was ready to post the child of being the gay child. So I don't think the school necessarily wanted to mm-hmm. plaster me anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think they wanted to plaster me anywhere. So, yeah, I missed a lot of opportunities that I got it. I would have had a chance. But I thank God for like Toastmasters and, of course, my political party because I gotten a chance to do things that I like, try things. Um, education was never something that I thought would have been a profession that I wanted to go into. Never thought I would be studying education, but after I became a teacher cadet, um, after coming out and stuff, I fell in love with the, I fell in love with education. Oh, so tell me a little about that, Mr. Farrington. Tell me a little about the teaching journey and politics. From like, I remember you was in politics though. That might be. Yeah. Um, so politics originally like my dream was like from a kid i wanted to be the minister of education right mm-hmm. and when i finally came out like guns blazing i was just like okay well you know definitely frontline politics is not going to be something that i can do <laughs> at this point even i thought like teaching without my preview at one point but i'm like you know what if i knowing what i know now in terms of being openly gay and the pushback you're gonna get I'm like, okay, well, you know what, we're going to go get this bachelor's in education, then we go into this master's, we're going to get the master's in curriculum planning um, and special education. We can start planning the curriculums because we need a new chemistry curriculum. We need a new physics curriculum. We need to start changing these things because, mm-hmm. you know. A man with a plan, okay. Yeah, so you have to now pivot and say where do you want to go, like what do you want to do because mm-hmm. you already know that certain opportunities you're not going to get. And that's what I say, like, you have to be realistic, like, especially when you gave to be realistic, because like one thing for me, I ain't interested in doing like what they did for years and just hide their sexuality and got married. And, you know, you're playing house mm-hmm. when, you know, you're doing stuff on the side. Because, you know, I won't be me. If I can go into politics, I won't be myself. I don't want to be like having to marry nobody. I don't want to have to keep my sexuality on the DL because society tells me that I should, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bear in mind, I don't feel like we ever had someone that was openly gay to actually run a campaign, that actually ran an election to say that um, that the person might not win. You know, somebody's never tried. So who knows? 
who knows if a party ever takes a chance on me. Well, only one party I'd run for, but if my party ever decides to take a chance on me, you never know. You never know. You in the system, so you in the party. You never know for real. Yeah, so you never know. I might decide to, you know, pop out, give y'all a little race. But um, for right now, it's just trying to finish off these degrees so I could make a change. How far are you in your educational journey? One more year for my bachelor's and then master's to start. That's my last year, so. Oh, congratulations. Mm, thank you. So you mentioned it a yeah. few times, but what is the coming out story? How did you come out? Okay, so I had just started cadets. Um, after starting cadets, we, like, during cadets, what we do is a bus comes to your school, picks you up, and then it takes you to um, C.H. Reeves, right? Because mm-hmm. we took the same bus that the technical cadets did, and then we took a connecting bus from technical cadets to Mabel Walker, which is our teacher cadet facility that we used to meet at. And on the bus, you know, it's just only a few of us teacher cadets, the rest of us technical cadets. You would, like, talk to people and find friends. And mm-hmm. there was this particular guy from another school that made him became friends. Now, he would always say that he wasn't gay. Um, okay, cool. You accept people for what they say. He, in turn, had a boyfriend, and they had broken up. Did not know about this. Like I say, I'm still a bit pleased to all of this. Mm-hmm. His boyfriend ended up linking up with me when I got suspended from school. And because of that, we ended up, like, during that time, like, that he had came by me or whatever, we had, like, we had kissed or whatever, and we recorded it on Snapchat. And, you know, Snapchat had the feature where you saved your memories. And, you know, saving your memories ultimately, it said, saves to your phone. Mm-hmm. Now, he had bought my friend a phone, and they had shared the same iCloud, which oh, wow. unbeknownst to me, because I don't know any of this is going on. <laughs> and so when he saved to his phone, it also saved to their joint, it saved to their joint iCloud, right? Yeah. Let's fast forward. So for two months, this went thing. Um, this went. It was okay. Um, everything was going okay. I ended up finding out that was his boyfriend or whatever. So you know, like I don't know if he just didn't go into the iCloud yet or whatever. But all I know is like three months later, after the cool time, the calm two months, a month later, I got a message from one of my friends at school. And he was just like, wait, what's this video? And he's like, this video going around. And I was like, when I played the video, it was the video stitches some music. I don't know if you're on the channel at all. Yeah. But it was stitched to the song channel at all. And it made it as far as it go on BN. Like, it was going viral on WhatsApp and I went to BN. And all I could hear is when we start screaming in the room. And she's like, bring, it, bring your hip hair now. Like, you understand. So mm-hmm. it was very weird. And to think that someone... Did like someone that's supposed to be a friend did that to me? You understand? Yeah, that's kind of weird for true. Especially when you lied to me at first because you told me that you were straight. But anyway, that's me. I got that, over yeah. it. I'm actually, if anything, I take from it. I'm actually kind of thankful that he did that because I don't feel like I would have come out at that particular time. Mm-hmm. I think I was giving it like you know, I was like I'm gonna live my life outside of my mommy house, but then at the same time, I'm not gonna tell her until I hit like. Tell I go off to college, so that was my mindset. Like when I go off to college, and I'll be like, okay, I get. <laughs> but I didn't get that luxury. It happened in grade ten, and yeah, I thank him for it. I felt like even though for every opportunity I lost, I felt like I gained so much more because I just I was happy. I actually became happy. It made me it. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulder. Do you think it also helped with your confidence? It definitely did because. 
I felt like I went harder because people did because people hated on me so much during that time, especially mm-hmm. that first year. I felt like that caused me to push as 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 hard as I could. I didn't let that bother me. I just was like, okay, well, you care. You tell me, care my CEO. Okay, well, trust me, I can carry. But I guess trap while I do it, you understand? Like I give you, you yeah. want something to look for. You want something to look. I'm gonna give you something to look at. You know. Mm-hmm. And to go back to you going into the educational field. You did say that the times are changing. How do you plan to be different whilst being a teacher? Well, I felt like I had really good teachers. Like I had Miss Stoddard Sinans, I had Miss um, Newton, I had I had so much good teachers, like Miss Lonely, those, like they were good. Like when I say they were good, all my expat teachers, all my teachers that were not from, like, from and I hardly had teachers from Nassau. I mean, from, from the Bahamas, but. My expert teachers, one thing I learned from them was to always give 200%. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I never got 100% from them. Like, I always got over and beyond. Like, I'm talking about if they had to, I mean, teachers is even writing books. Like, I have teachers that had their own books that they written for us to go through the curriculum. And, like, you understand, like, they always push that extra. And that's something that I want to do. I want to always go that extra mile for my kids, make sure my kids feel comfortable, and also make learning fun because it takes nothing out of you to make learning fun, like literally nothing. I feel like it's just boring coming to a class and you just be like, take down notes and stuff. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. why I mean a lot of people they just never got along. Um, in terms of people being themselves, I will say I don't have to do anything in terms of that because I've been judging a lot of speech competitions lately. And can I tell you that the LGBT kids are now running the school campuses like it's so interesting it's so refreshing because i know what i had to go through Mm -hmm. to be like a staple on my campus but to see like them actually doing it with no hesitation with no pushback like just being themselves and running their campuses and being like you know the cool kids like it's amazing i guess you had to walk so they could run yeah like it's just so amazing like them just owning themselves being themselves being proud being authentically them like i love that i love that like it was only one other person before me that i could say at school that i looked up to and he wasn't even there when i finally noticed him he wasn't even there so long and every time i see him i'm like you know i had to look up to you at school like i really had looked up to him mm-hmm. and yeah and because he just did not he just did not care <laughs> I mean, that's how you're supposed to be, but it's hard. It's hard to not think about what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. So how do Especially you... when you want people to like you. Yeah. But then, if you're not bringing positivity <laughs> into my life, or whatever, what you liking me for? Mm-hmm. But you noted, you talk, spoke shortly about the progression in school. What about in society of accepting LGBT, LGBTQ people? So we still have a lot of, we, we have alarming rates right now, kids being kicked out of their homes um, and us having to put them in either safe houses or find um, a gay family that would take them on and, um, you know, make sure that they graduate and stuff like that. Like we've had a, a, a big increase in that. Um, but what I will say is where we've had an increase in people getting kicked out and stuff from previous years, we've also had an, an increase in parents and LGBTI children relationships where the relationships are getting stronger and then some children are being accepted by their parents and stuff. So it's like two sides of a coin. You win some, you lose some. Yep. But whenever we lose some we do have a very strong community here that is willing to put in the work to make sure that no lgbti members left behind 
that is <clears throat> that is so sweet i'm glad that there's some sort of community there for people to reach out to and get support from and how is your experience being a part of that community how is my experience being what? a part of the community um it's very interesting being a part of the community is a very it's very interesting um it's very much like the straight world you're gonna have your cliques you're going to have people that don't like you you're gonna have people that like you it's it's literally like every day it's like an everyday type of thing i mean like an everyday life type of thing it's just we just happen to be gay <laughs> so it's not that it isn't really much difference to be honest but i like it i love the community the community we just actually opened up a new gay club and it was really really fun oh, really? um seeing everybody getting along and stuff because you know pride bahamas pride is normally the last pride out of all of the prides mm-hmm. in the caribbean jamaica's pride normally happens first followed by trinidadians gay pride but ours is normally the last it's normally october so our pride is in october something through the 14th i can't remember the first date i think it's the sixth but anyway or the is it the sixth or the fifth anyway but it goes straight into the 14th and there's so many things lined some activities lined up and we just can't wait up right but this was just like the opening of the club gave me so it brought so much joy to my heart because i don't think i've ever had as long as i've been on the scene i don't think i've ever had a moment like that like where everybody just where i've seen everybody just get along and have fun and like just no drama no fight like it was amazing <laughs> That's good. I love that. I haven't had that in a long time for real. When everyone just having fun at the party, no one watching nothing, just you know, enjoying a good time. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I do see that you participate in a lot of events, drag events in particular. How was that experience? When did you first get into drag? Oh yes, this is a ballroom scene. So I'm a part of a ballroom house. I'm part of the House of Balmain, Florida chapter. Um. Balmain is actually the first winners of the le- um of HBO Max series Legendary, okay. which is basically like ballroom houses going back um competing. Ballroom is the underground art, and so in the ballroom scene, I walk drag's realness and drag's face. Always tends across the board, always a grand prize, but. <laughs> I happen to be one out of four behemoths that are actually on the ballroom scene at this time in different houses. And behemoths have actually taken over. When I say we have taken over, like we are, we are of the year's winners. Like, and of the year means that you're the best in your category for the whole entire year. And we have so much people just sweeping up the years, grand prizes. You have people that, that from the Bahamas, like it's only four of us. And even one of the persons snagged the grand prize up to $7,000 because in ballroom for every category we compete in is oh, a cash wow. prize for that for that category so it's it's so it's it's really good i love it it's a sense of like you know like i dress up but it's Mm -hmm. like i dress up but it's like something i get out of dressing up like i get to compete i get to see like you know how fishy i am how real am i can you clock me like if i was to walk down the road would you be able to say that i'm a man like you Mm -hmm. know if you don't know so that's what realness is and then face is like having like a a nice face like a face that's like so beautiful and i love it i just love my categories i love being a ball man um and i got to see so much like i got to travel a lot being a ball man like to different states and 
Um, they normally have a ball in Paris. I have not gotten to go to Paris yet for a ball, but like there's so many different balls. Mary J. Blige just had a ball, which was twenty thousand um, dollars for face. I did not get to walk that, but Very you know, who knows what the future? Who mm-hmm. knows the future holds? <laughs> I wish you luck. Yeah, I love it. Like competing and stuff. Like we're actually having a ball here in October during Pride Month, and some people from um. Some people from the states are coming down for the ball and stuff like that, so I can't wait for people in the Bahamas actually, well, our Bahamian gay community get to see um, exactly, you know, what I be doing in the states. You know, they get to see the clips and stuff, but now we get to see it in, in action, get in to action. see it in front of you. Well, I hope you come up with the grand prize. I hope all of y'all win. Well, you know, it's always in a room full of tens, darling. I'll always be grand prize. <laughs> wow, so humble, so <laughs> humble. Hmm. I said you're so humble. Yeah. <laughs> but to wrap things up, what advice do you have to someone, young people coming out, or even older people who just don't know how to be their true self? Advice to anybody? First thing, make sure that you're in the space to come out, right? Um, Kids, if you know your parents are very homophobic, you're going to be kicked out. I would say hold on to it. Kiss it until you kick it. Like, that's always been my message. Kiss it until you kick it. Come, if you have to be gay when you come out the house and you're around them, then be gay when you're around them. But please, like, sometimes it's very hard to try and find somewhere. Like, you know, some people don't have nobody else to fall back on. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of reasons why people stay in the closet is because they're either it's always something it's always a reason it isn't something like sometimes we feel like it's so easy to come out the closet and sometimes it really isn't you know but if you're not financially stable just just stay there um i would always tell the young kids like y'all get your education nobody could ever play with y'all once y'all have your education go out there get those get those diplomas don't drop out of school because you want to be gay like the gay life will always be if you like go get that diploma then go get that degree you know make sure that you have a profession make sure that you can be taken seriously even if you even if working with your hands or something build your craft perfect your craft because we are tolerated based on things that we can do you understand most of the ones that aren't messed with most of us that have that passing privilege we bring something we add something we're contributing members to society you have to be a contributing member to society we do not want you to end up you know devoured by the community feeling like okay going out every week is just you know the highlight Mm -hmm. like you have to be something and i want you to be something so take that like you know go invest in yourself be the best you that you could be don't just be the best lgbt citizen be the best lgbti citizen as you can be but be the best person that you can be like you know be you so that's my advice for um older people struggling with coming out of the closet sort of one they know why they're in the closet um the best advice i can tell you is you know don't lose yourself sitting in that closet so long like don't don't lose yourself um but if you're not in the space, like if you're not in the space where you can um, come out the closet, if you're not in the space, then you know we understand. But don't lose you, don't lose yourself. Educate yourself, perfect your craft. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's the best advice I give anybody. That was good advice. Be a contributing member to society. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you for coming on, Todd. Of course, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out.